Galatians 6, verse 1. Now, last uh, last week we were in Florida. Actually, on the weekend we uh, didn't get get back here, but we were watching on the internet. We saw y'all. We we smiled and waved. You guys didn't see us. We saw you smile and wave at us. We were happy. Amen. And uh, but I also watched the service. How many watch the service on the TV from time to time on the different channels? You ever notice as you look across the crowd how many people you don't see anymore? And you wonder what happened to them. Amen? And you know, it's okay if they went on and they did something. Uh, God told them to move on and, and they're doing something for the Lord. They're doing more than they were doing here. They were called away. I think that's great. But if they're not, if they're just hurt, if they just got out doing something, they got condemned, they got something else happened to them, then that's not okay with me. Is that okay with y'all? And it seems to me like there's too many throwaways in the church. There's been, over the years, there's been too many people that have ministered and messed up, and because they've messed up, they can't do it anymore. I don't know what happened. Do you guys? Because I look for a scripture that says if you mess up, you can't minister ever again. And I couldn't find that one. I found this one, though, Galatians 6.1. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Go on to two. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Three. If any man think himself to be something... When he is nothing, he deceives himself. Glory to God. This isn't going to be a down message. I don't do down messages. I do not. I serve a really good God. And even when He corrects me hard, it's a good thing. And the hardest He's ever corrected me was when I was about to go over a cliff. Right? That's when, if you're a parent, and I've talked about this before, if you're a parent, you'll say, stop that. Please stop that. But right before they go off the cliff, say, stop it! And you grab them and you pull them back. And that may seem hard, but at least they ain't on the other side of the cliff. Right? It's all love. Amen? And that's the God I believe in. I don't believe in a, I don't believe in a hard God. don't believe He's hard one bit. Never will. Never, he's never done a hard thing to me. I've done some hard things and had to learn a hard way. And He said, you know, if you'd have listened to me before all that, you wouldn't have went through that. <laughs> Glory to God. Anybody else ever been there? So, it's not a down message. This is a good message. Because we're not going to lose them. I don't know any throwaways. I spent the first part of ministry that God called me into with kids and teenagers that the world had thrown away. The world had decided, because of where they come from, because of what they do, because they can't be trained, they can't be, they can't be bridled. They're, they're throwaways. You know, we'll, we'll put them in a, in a, uh, we had one that they, a bunch of girls that we dealt with that were in a home because their parents couldn't deal with them, nobody else could deal with them. We had other kids that we pulled in and, and ministered to that were in not so good of situations. And that's, that's what I spent the first years of my ministry doing. And I never, I never saw a throwaway. In fact, Kim said, quit bringing these home. (laughs) We're going to have to maybe not throw them away, but let somebody else do it. Because we can't hold anymore. And she was right. But so many people are throwing them away, and, and and they're negating their value in the kingdom of God. They're negating their value in the world. And then we see people in the church, and and they mess up, and something goes wrong. And the next thing you know, other people have said, well, they can't minister anymore. They can't do this anymore. They can't do that. And they take away their value. Amen? Does that make it right? Because they didn't lose their value. The gifts, let's just look at it. There's no reason for me just to look up Romans 11.29 in the NIV. Yeah, for the gifts and call and his calls are irrevocable. 
If God gives you something, it's yours. He don't take it away. Huh? You don't lose it. You may never use it, but you won't lose it. People aren't throwaways. They can step right back into that and they can begin to minister on the level they were in. Amen? But we, as a people, many times have judged. And our judgments, like it said in the Galatians 6.3, we thought too highly of ourselves and not highly enough of them. And when we judge situations, when we decide to be the judge, when we, then we begin to judge almost as the law judged. You know, oh, they committed adultery. They could never stand behind a pulpit. Why not? They lied. Why can they stand behind a pulpit? What's the level? Where, where's the, where, where, who, who made the scale? Who decided these things? Who decided because of what sin or what level of sin you've committed? Where is that? I looked even through the, the information pages of my Bible for that little scale that says, well, this sin you can minister as an usher. This sin you can be on this part. This sin you can't even be involved in the church anymore. This sin and you're done. I can't find that scale. Amen? Amen? Mr. Wizard brought you a visual tonight. We got a visual right here. Money. Amen? Look here, I even got a pen. I can point at it. Huh? And you guys can help me. Amen? Let's say this. And the, yeah, camera can get on it? Okay, good. Let's say this $20 bill right here represents the obedient, willing Christian. See how it's all pressed and nice? I even ironed it. Yeah, put it under the iron. Pressed and nice, no wrinkles, no problems. Nothing from the world's getting in. Not, not, let, not going out and doing things they ought not be doing. Serving God, smiling and happy. That, that, there they are. Me and you, right? That's who we want to be. It's not a bad thing. That's all good things, serving God. Amen? But then one day they got out, told a couple lies, did a couple things they ought not do, drank and smoked. Oof. Got some wrinkles. See those wrinkles? How much is that bill worth? Oh, $20. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, they got a little condemned by a church, another church member said, hey, you ought not be doing that. I can't believe you did that. That is wrong, 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 and double wrong. Here's six Scriptures to tell you why you're a bad person. And this hurt them, so they left the church. And they went out, and they got in the world. Got a little world on them here. See that mud there? little world on them, got torn down by the world, got some more sin, did some more things they ought not do, really wrinkled up, looking pretty tired. Even had to tape it together, see? Had to tape that one together. How much that bill worth? $20, yeah. Well, they kept going. And here, here they are. Oh man, they've done it all now. They've been out, and people say, oh, they're, 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 we can't get them back, we don't think. They're out drinking every night. They're out with these people they ought not be. They've been with women. They've been with men. They've been with whoever they're supposed to not be with. They have been in it, in the world. they got the world, see the world all over them? Got the world all over them. How can we ever get them back? How can, we don't want them back. We don't want them in the church. Look, look at them, ooh! We don't want them in the church. I remember when I first started coming back to church after I had... I looked like that, as a matter of fact. That was me, actually, as a matter of fact. I started here somewhere as a kid, and I came to here somewhere in my 20s. That was me, right there. And I sat down in the pew, and the guy beside me scooted over. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, lightning may strike here. Did not bless me even a little bit. I thought, man, if the devil was trying to keep me out of church, that's just the way to do it. Amen? Because this was me. I was already hurt and offended, wrinkled up, gotten dirty. And out here in the world, I had everything on me. 
Amen? What's that bill worth? Every one of these are worth $20. There's no Christian, whether they're here or here, that loses their value. They're a part of the kingdom of God. They're a part of the plan of God. They're a part of the scheme and everything He does. And they don't lose their value from here to here and back to there. They never lose it. You know why they never lose it? Because they were given this value by their Creator before they were made. Glory to God. You don't have to get your value after you're saved. You already had value before you were saved. The Lord said you're worth this all the time. It doesn't matter how much you got into. It doesn't matter how much you've done. Your value remains the same. Your value to the kingdom of God and the gifts that you had here, you still have here. Amen? And you're still usable. And we want them back. Amen? I want these back. I want these back. And I want these back. Amen? You guys want them back? Well, what we have to become is unjudges. Amen? That's a Dave word for you for sure. An unjudge. You know, Brother Morris talked about the un... You know, he's talked about un-things. The, the unjudge. There is an uncola. Right? There is an unjudge. There's something that's different than a normal judge. And you know who it is? It's God. God's a good judge. He's not a judge that looks at... He, do, he doesn't look at all this on you. He looks at underneath it. Amen? He don't see all the dirt and the grime and the sin and the junk. He sees the value. And He's unwilling to lose you at any point. And what He wants to do is put that value for others in us while we're here. Amen? So that we don't quit this person. So maybe they won't get to here. So maybe they won't get to here. But if they do, we still haven't quit. The gifts and call of God are irrevocable. If He ain't quitting on you, who, why do we have any business quitting on you? Thank God that nobody quit on me. Thank God, because I guarantee you, looking at me, they just said, whew, they just said, Dave, you can't clean him up. I'll guarantee you. Kate, could you wash that and make it, make it clean again? Yeah, she knows how to wash money. She does too because I leave it in my pockets all the time. Man, it gets clean as it can be. Amen? You know what? See the junk, see the world falling off that right now? I mean, all I gotta do is just rub it a little bit and the world starts falling off of it already. Start treating it just a little bit nicer. And you can start pressing some of the wrinkles out. You can start making it just by that kind of love. Amen? You don't have to, we don't have to go out there and tell them 16 scriptures and seven sermons to get them back. We got to begin to be unjudges. Amen. How do you become an unjudge? Well, <laughs> it's good. You want to be an unjudge, right? You begin to see people the way God sees them. You look past the dirt. You look past the grime, you look past the mistakes, you look past the failures, and you see what you put in them. You see what you put in them at the very beginning, the value you gave them. It never changed, it never stopped, it never went away. And you trust in that value every day, every minute of every day. I don't care if, if you see them and, and they say, yeah, I'm going to make it, and the next time you see them, it looks like they ain't ever going to make it. You're still with them. Amen? Amen? And you don't quit them. <laughs> right? How many people have helped somebody and then you've helped them and you've helped them and, and you've helped them and then when you were done helping them, you helped them and you stuck by them and you encouraged them and you stuck by them and you encouraged them and they went away. And you stuck by them and you encouraged them and you stuck by them and you wanted to quit, but what, there was something in you. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Why? Because they're valuable to God, they're valuable to me, and they're valuable to others. And God, the love of God in you, will not allow you to quit on them. Amen? And you begin to unjudge. You begin to see things the way God sees them. You begin to look at situations and circumstances, and you see it from a different view. 
you see that maybe they can listen. Maybe they will hear. And, and every day you have an ex- expectation that something's going to break in them and they're going to do better. Amen? And we don't quit on them. Anybody want to quit? We want them back. How many want them back? Look at, look at Galatians 6, one in the Amplified. 6, one, two, and 3 in the Amplified. Or actually just one, maybe. Yeah, one. Brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual, beat them down, keep them out of church, take them out of their positions, never let them help again in any way, and tell them every day how horrible of a person they are. Oh, no, that's not what it says? Huh. Brethren, if any person's overtaken in a misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are... Any sort. Well, that kind of takes away that scale, doesn't it? But, you know, like there's the big sins, and there's the lie. They just lied a little. They're just a little liar. They're going to be okay. They're not, oh, they're not like these people that drink and smoke or they're here. And then those people that, that man, they look at pornography and, and they, they see other women and, man, they're messed up and they look, they're looking at other men and they're talking. And flirt. Those people up here on this scale, they can't be fixed. Wrong. It's all sin. Right? And when you're saved, yes, you get a reborn spirit. Man, and you get grace. The ability not to sin. But you still got flesh. Still got flesh. Anybody deal with flesh in here? Huh. I thought so. I do. I do. Every now and again, deal with flesh. Usually it's when I wake up, while I'm awake, and right before I go to sleep. And sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, right? When that phone rings and says, hey, I need your help, and it's 2 a.m., you're like, you know what you need to get off my phone? I deal with flesh. But you know what I do? I turn off the phone, I get up, and I help. Why? Because the love of God in here will not throw them away. The love of God in here won't quit on them. Where you at? Where do I need to come get you at? What do I need to bring? How can I help? Why? Because they're still worth 20 bucks. <laughs> they're worth a lot more than that. Amen? But their value has not decreased because of what they've done. Their value has not decreased because of who they are. Who they've become. Amen? And when we become unjudges, we'll, be see, we'll begin to see things the way God sees them. And He says, if, I, if you can... You know, one of the things the Moors told me a long time ago uh, that Brother Hagen had told them is that if we can just keep them coming, we can help them. Amen? That's why when I looked across the crowd and I saw these people and I'm like, I wonder where they are where they are. We're not talking about a long time ago, guys. We're looking at the Seeing Jesus series. We're not talking about eons ago. We're talking about just last year or so. Maybe two years ago. I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun. But where are all these people? And it's like I said, some of them may be serving God. Others are offended, hurt, maybe out doing doing some wrong things. Maybe we'll get them back. Amen? I don't care where they're at. You willing to go get them? We can't sit here in church and say, yep, we want them back. Let's pray. Lord, bring them back. Lord, bring them back. I imagine people pray that all the time. Right before you turn the TV on to watch the next football game. While you don't go to church. Because you're offended. Amen? How do you get them back? Galatians 6. 1. You who are spiritual, who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit, should set Him right and restore and reinstate Him without any sense 
of superiority or with, and with all gentleness, keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted also. How do you get them back? Looks to me like you've got to go to them. Right? Looks to me like sometimes they're not going to come to you. Every now and then they may come to you. But it looks to me like you've got to go to them. And you've got to go to them gently. Not with your guns loaded. Not with your ammunition. Not to tell them how bad a person they've been or how awful they are. Not, no. They, don't, they already know they're messed up. You know what? Nobody needed to tell me how messed up I was when I was messed up. I knew exactly how messed up I was. I was really messed up. In fact, is I was really, really messed up. Probably could add another really to it. And nobody needed to tell me that. Right? And nobody needed to tell me lightning was getting ready to strike. Right? I knew. I needed somebody to gently restore me. To gently remind me God still loved me. That my place was still available. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Because we've got, we've got way too many people that think, well, we've lost our place. We can't go back. No. You don't lose your place with God. You don't lose your place with God. Amen? I'm not saying if you stole, you get put back in the accounting department. I'm saying you don't lose your place with God. Amen? There's a difference between stupid and wise. Right? If you did that, you don't want your place back in the accounting department. Why? You don't want to be tempted. Amen? Put me somewhere where I can grow and be restored. Amen? And reinstated. And then that end of that part said, without superiority. That's how you unjudge. If, you, if I'm going to try to help you from here down, you're never going to listen to me. That's right. But if I can help you from here across, That's right. right? If you can see that I care about you, if you can see that I know that I could be in this very same position. You know who wrote this? Paul. Paul wrote this, right? You know something else he wrote? Look over at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1, 15-17. Let's see what Paul knew about himself. NIV, so I can read it. Yeah, that's good. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for, the, for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display His unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on Him and receive eternal life. That's, what, that's how Paul ministered. That's where he ministered from. I'm not better than you. God's patience and His unlimited patience is an example in me that you can come out. That if you'll just believe, you can be saved. You can come back. You can know Jesus. You can come back to Jesus. He, if you'll just believe. This is where Paul ministered from. The same person that said, don't think so highly of yourself. Right? What did, what, what did he say in, in Galatians 6.3? If any man thinks he's something. That's what it was, Galatians 6.3. If any man thinks he's something... I got it right here. I guess I could read it, didn't I? 6 3. For if any man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Well, what's Paul saying? He's saying, I'm no better than anybody. I just know Jesus. Amen? That's where I get my value. I don't get my value from the things I've done. I don't get my value from the number of ministries that, that, I, that I'm over. I don't get my value from the number of people that have gotten saved or healed in my, in my meetings. I get my value because I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. I get my value because I was a sinner and now I'm born again. My value is in nothing else but that. Amen? That's where Paul got his value because he got his value before he was saved. Right? Right? When did Jesus die for you? While you were yet His enemy. Right? Before you were saved. 
you already had the same value. Amen? And, and that's how Paul judged situations and circumstances. That's how God judges situations and circumstances. And if we'll begin to see things on a different level, then we'll be able to begin to help in these ways. We'll begin to be able to do things that godly men from the Old Testament and New have done all the time. Amen? They looked at situations differently. Why was Solomon such a big deal? They said, well, because he was the wisest of all. What made him wise? He saw things the way God saw them. Right? Right? Okay, we can look. We can look. Amen? How did Solomon see it? 1 Kings 3. 1 Kings 3. First Kings 3 and verse 7. Let's go through a few of these real quick. Verse Kings 3 and verse 7 says, Now, O Lord my God, Thou hast made Thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child and know not how to go out or come in. He was a little child. That probably helped him. <laughs> Why? Kids aren't as mean as adults. They're not. You know, we were in the airport... Coming back this week, there's this one little kid, and he's, he's running around like a banshee. I mean, it's an airport, and he's I mean, good land. This is like being in prison for him. He can't be anywhere. And he's running around to see. And, and the next thing we know, not only him, but another little kid that he don't even know, never met, and, and two minutes later, they're best buddies, and they're running around the chairs. Why? Because they're not judging anybody. Here's how I judge. You look like a playmate. There you go, Judge. He don't know anything else about that kid but that he can run around the seats with him and man, is that fun. Right? Little kids can judge a little better. Amen? It's 1 Kings 3, 9. He asked for something. He said, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? To judge your people, right? He asked for a discerning heart to judge the people of God. Okay? Let's see the first thing you got to judge. Okay? 1 Kings 3, 16. Go to the NIV so I can read it. Now two prostitutes came. Two prostitutes came. Well, see, that messed with the church right there. What are we judging? They're two prostitutes. Well, what's there to judge here? They're prostitutes. We just judged. We're done. Doesn't say he quit there, does it? Two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, My Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. They live in a house of prostitutes. (laughs) Okay, second thing to mess with the Christian. Oh, not only are you a prostitute, but you live with other prostitutes. This is good. We're already judging. It doesn't even matter what they come up with at this point. We're like, anything that happens to you should. Right? Not us, right? You've never done that. I've never done that. (laughs) My Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby. You had a baby? Are you married? No, I'm a prostitute. Oh, one more strike. Oh man, the Christians are falling down everywhere. They can't judge. Wait a second. No, you're a prostitute. You live in a house with other prostitutes, and now you're having a baby out of wedlock. What what in the world could you be standing before me for? You really ought to just go away and hope God doesn't strike you before you get home. That's, I mean, think about that, guys. It's how the Christian world is judging today. When you hear things like, if the world doesn't judge America, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. That's... Ugh. <laughs> That's awful. You ain't going to apologize to nobody. <laughs> He's going to have mercy. And be patient as an example like he was with Paul. Long-suffering. 
Waiting for you and me to come back from being ignorant. Right? Waiting for the prostitutes to understand there's a God that loves them. The Christian world is sitting there and they're judging by the law. And you know what? I looked up some of the law and they had the right to be judged a whole different way than the way Solomon went ahead and judged them. Amen? Go back to the Scripture. I had a baby while she was there with me. Whew! Story gets good. Days of our lives. (laughs) The third day after my child was born, this woman, the other prostitute, (laughs) also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house with the two of us. One of them rolled over and slept on their baby. The baby died. We'll go through the story a little quicker. Amen. She laid on him. She took her baby, put it on the dead baby with the other woman, took her baby, and we know the rest of the story. Amen? What is the rest of the story? Solomon, the boy, got past every bit of this and saw a mom. He saw a mom and a kid. He didn't see a prostitute that had a baby out of wedlock that had no father. He saw a mom and a kid. And he said, you know how I'll find out who the mom is? I'll find out who loves the child. Right? He was an unjudge. He didn't judge who they were. He judged the circumstance and the the, the heart of the mom. Amen? And because of that, the baby lived. I don't know what happened after that. But he was called a wise judge. Why? Because he didn't judge the way the Christian world would have judged. If there would have been a Christian world at that time. He didn't judge the way the law would have judged. Right? First of all, she had to commit adultery to get pregnant. (laughs) Is this bothering you guys? This is just true. Right? He didn't take any of that into account. He unjudged. And he saved a mom and a baby because he found the love of God. Amen? Because that's how God judges things. That's how God judges situations. It's not, it wasn't time to correct them. What if they had come up and he said, well, you should, first of all, girls, look at here. You should not be prostitutes. That is not okay. Let me show you the 17 scriptures that's against it. Solomon knew he wrote Proverbs. He said, don't go near their house. Right? He knew. But he didn't spend time correcting them. He didn't sit them down and say, look here, this, thus, and so. Here's what the law says. You know, I don't know about your situation. You're going to have to bring some evidence before me. You're going to get you some lawyers. This is going to be a long, drawn-out court case. Blah, blah. No. He saw a mom, he saw a baby, he found the love of God, and compassion saved the baby for the mom. Amen? Because that is the way God saw it. And what was so different about Solomon is he refused to see it another way. He saw it the way God saw it. He got past all this other junk to get to the root of it and find a way to judge it right when it could have been judged very legally another way. Amen? That's the way God judges. Amen? That's the way God judges situations and circumstances in our life. Amen? I'm not saying He won't correct you. He will correct you a lot. But correcting somebody is not telling them they're wrong all the time. It's showing them how to do it right. Right? And it's not telling them how to do it right many times. It's showing them. Parents, I've been a parent. I'm still a parent. Apparently a mean one because I don't send things to my daughter. She texted me today and said, you're mean parents. And I said, I called her up and said, why? And she said, all the other kids are getting packages from home. I don't get anything. I'm like, am I talking to you on your cell phone? She said, yeah. I said, you driving a truck? Yeah. We're, we're, we're action parents. <laughs> but I've been a parent. 
And I know when Ramsey came to a certain age, I felt like every time I saw her, I was teaching her something. And I mean by correction, by way of correction. And God said, you cannot do that all the time and expect her to listen to you. That's what God said to me. Maybe you can do it to your kids. I don't know. Right? Maybe you can. Right? With our children, we can't always, always be showing them, correcting them, redirecting them. Yes, it's our job, but sometimes they just got to be kids. And guess what? Every now and then, a kid does something different than an adult. Sometimes they stand up and scream in the middle of a crowd and you don't even know why. Right? They're not the same. They're learning. They're growing. I know Kim asked me if Ramsey was really not fun about cleaning her room. I mean, we'd say, clean your room before you go. We go down there, not clean. You know, like, Kim's like, how many times am I going to have to tell her before she cleans her room? I said, until she does. And man, I thought I was so smart. You know, that, was, that just sounded so wise. And, and then I texted Ramsey because I wanted to know where she was, and she didn't text me back. And I said, how many times am I going to have to text her and tell her to text me back before she gets it? And Kim said, until she does. <laughs> and you know what? I kept telling her, and I still tell her. And I'll keep telling her, and I'll keep correcting her. Why? Because I love her. I'll keep, I'll keep working at it. I'll keep talking to her. I'll never quit her. I'll never give up on her. I know it is in her. I told Kim, I said, did you clean your room when you were a kid? And she said, oh, yeah, all the time. I'm like, let's call, my, let's call your mom. And her mom said, huh? <laughs> right? When people give up on kids, when they, when they want to know what's wrong with a kid, <laughs> here, here's a... <laughs> Here's a funny story. Here, here's a lot of the things we find when dealing with parent-kids relationships in church here. We say, oh, we don't know what to do with them. We can't handle them. We don't know why they act the way they act. And then I came across this story. Actually, it came up in me. And God said there was this little kid, and he was trying to get in preschool. And, and, he, and they went to the lady, and she said, okay, let's, let's see his aptitude. And they got him one of those little things that you put the rectangle and the triangle and the square and the circle in. And he, man, he put the rectangle in the right place, and he got the uh, triangle in the right place, and then he grabbed that circle and he started jamming it into the square. Teacher looked at the parents and said, I don't understand. Uh, take him home, work on this, and uh, come back in a week, and uh, we'll, see if, we'll, we'll see what happens. So they took him home, came back in a week, rectangle, triangle, circle, jam it in the square. Take him home. A week later, come back. Two weeks later, same thing. Finally, the lady says, I don't understand why this keeps happening. Dad, can you tell me? And he said, I don't know. Ours at home is broke too. <laughs> the parents, <laughs> if the parents are messed up, guess what? Right? There's a good chance the kid is going to have some extra learning to do. Amen? We've got to judge our children in love too. We've got, we got to walk in them in love and not get irritated and, and yell and get mad and, and, and throw fits. I'm telling you this all from experience, by the way. Right? We, we want them to learn. We want them to grow, parents. We do. I, I, I'm so glad that Ramsey is the woman of God she is today. But you know how much credit I can take for it? Whatever God worked through me. Yeah. It's not what Dave did. It's what God showed Dave to do the right way that made a difference. Amen? It was the people he allowed me to put her around, the friends she made. And, and you know what? She's still got growing to do. And guess what? She messed up several times. 
Yeah, Ramsey did. She may be watching. You did, didn't you, darling? <laughs> right? Guess what her value is to me? Same as it's always been. She's my kid. She's my kid. And when she messed up, no matter how bad it was, when she came home, she was my kid. Amen? And she was reinstated. She was never my, not my daughter. She was, she was brought, it's just like the father waiting for, for the prodigal son. Get him a ring, get him a robe, and bring him in. Amen? Because that's judging right. That's, that's saying, that's mine. I'll handle it. Amen? Glory to God. I don't know how we got off on that, parents, but can we do it? Because that's, you, you, that's a good place to practice, right? Because guess what? Your kids love you no matter how messed up you are. <laughs> I'm not saying any of you guys are messed up. Come on, smile at me and love me real quick. I used to deal with kids that were taken out of their homes for abuse. And they said, man, my mom is so great. I can't wait to get back and see her. And I'm looking at them I'm like, are you crazy? She just beat the tar out of you. That's why you're here. Oh, my dad, he, you, he took me fishing one time. All they remember is the good stuff about us. No matter what they did. Glory to God. I don't know how we got off on all that, but it's good stuff. Amen? We can do that, parents. We, we can be unjudges in our homes. With our kids, with our spouses, we can be unjudges. Amen? It's a good thing to be an unjudge. Glory to God. Solomon was an unjudge. Right? Did you guys get past all that? The two prostitutes had the babies out of it? Right? See, most people don't even remember that part because they just like the part at the end where, boy, he was going to cut the baby in half and mom said, oh no, don't kill the baby, I'll let, let her go to the other mom. And, and then that's all great. But he had to get by a whole bunch of junk to ever get there. Amen? And go against the law in many places. He had to be an unjudge. Right? Glory to God. Got any more Scriptures, Dave? Sure I do. Sure I do. Matthew 9.13. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us, isn't He? Because if we become unjudges, these people that we've lost, they're coming back. Amen? These ones that have said, I can't be a part of the church anymore, and, and they're condemned, and they're hurting. You know what will heal condemnation quicker than anything? The love of God. Right? When somebody comes up to you and they're all condemned and they're, and, and they're expecting you to say something bad about them and put them down and you put your arm around them and say, man, it's good to see you, brother. I have missed you. Where you been? Oh, man, it's good. To... And you just love on them. You don't even ask them where they've been, what they've been doing. You're just glad they're back. The love of God will take some condemnation away. And we have that in us. And the ability to do it. Amen? Did I say Matthew 9.13? Jesus said, but go and learn what this means. I will have mercy, not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The righteous could never have gotten past the prostitutes. They could have never gotten past the brothel. They could have never gotten past the baby out of wedlock that had to be born out of adultery. They could have ne they'd have never got to the true situation because they'd have never got past the other stuff. Right? But, but the one that wants sinners to repent. Right? They're, we're not looking for sacrifice. We're not looking for your works. We're not looking at what you... We want you to be well. Amen? But what Jesus says, said, it's, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. And see, we're trying to send the healthy out to get the healthy. We don't need the healthy. We want the ones that aren't healthy, the ones that are hurt. We want the ones that have been in the mud, the ones that have been in the pigsty. We want the ones that have been quit on. We want the one... Those need to come back. You know what? If we get back everybody that's left the church, the church is huge. Amen? But we've got to quit judging them. 
People say, yeah, you've got to quit judging me. No, 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 you're here. <laughs> you're looking backwards. You're the one that's not judging, not the one that's... Right? Don't look backwards. Amen? <laughs> We're the ones that are going to help. Glory to God. Jesus was an unjudge. Right? John 8. Let's look at John 8. Everybody's heard this story. Everybody said, Dave, you're just going over stuff that... Well, that's where I am. (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) Love me. John 8, starting verse 3. Teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group. And they said "Jesus to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, in the law of Mo- Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They've got law, right? So they obviously have judgment. They don't need a judgment. They have judgment. She was caught. There's a law. The end. Right? We're going to need an unjudge. (laughs) If something different is going to come out of this situation, if we don't get an unjudge pretty soon, she's getting ready to get stoned. Amen? We need God vision here. Verse 6. They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him, but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Probably did that to irritate him. Just make him wait. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Glory to God. Everybody says, Yeah, I've heard that. What's your point? He became an unjudge. He had to go beyond. He had to become. He had to go beyond their law, right? And go to a whole new law. What? The law of love. He had to go to a different law that said she's got value. He had to look beyond the sin and at the sinner. And you know who Jesus loves? Sinners. Died for them. Died for me as one. Died for you as one. Loves them. Hates the sin. Loves sinners. He didn't have any problem saying this at all. said, you know what? If you don't have sin, why don't you throw the first stone? And immediately what happened? Again, he stooped down. Verse 9. At this time, those who heard began to go away one at a time. It says in the King James. Look at the King James Version of that. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went away one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Verse 10. And Jesus lifted up Himself and saw none but the woman. He said to her, Woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man and called him Lord. What must you do to be saved? Call him Lord. All right? No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He was an unjudge. He, he went away from the law. He went away from, from legalisms and legalistic. And he went away from, from what she had done to who she was. Amen? And when we begin to look at people the way Jesus looks at people, when we begin to see people for, what, for who they are rather than what they've done, then we will begin to get them back. Because we'll go get them. We'll say, that's my friend. And I'm not losing them. That's my friend. And they're good. I don't care what you say they've done. I don't care what they really have done. I'm not quitting on them. I'm going to go get them. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to show them this love. I'm going, to, I'm going to show them that they can come out. I'm going to show them that they can get out of this pit. I can show them that they can get out of the, with the pigs. They don't have to be this way. They can come back. And it can be better than it ever was. God loves them the same amount. Their value has not lessened one ounce. Because God doesn't quit. And the gifts and calls of God are irrevocable. 
Guess what salvation is? A free gift. Amen? That you receive by grace, which is a free gift. Amen? It's not revocable. Right? People say, you mean once saved, always saved? I'm not getting into that argument with you. It's not about that. It's about you not losing your place, them not losing their place. Nobody has to lose their place. Amen? Glory to God. You believe that? Jesus was an unjudge. We like that about Him, right? Jesus didn't see what she had done. He saw who she was. If we'll quit looking at that they were two prostitutes, if we'll quit looking at that they had to sleep with someone else's husband or another man in adultery to have that baby, if we'll quit looking at all the circumstances that got them to that place and look at the one circumstance that will pull them out, we'll get them back. We'll get them back. Amen? We'll get them back because we love them. We won't get them back because we go out and tell them what they're doing wrong. We won't get them back because they're not doing it right. We'll get them back because we'll be like God. You want to know how an unjudge is? Look at Luke 6. Start in verse 36. 36. It says, Be you therefore merciful as your Father is merciful. That's your first thing to becoming an unjudge. Amen? You want, you, want to be, you want to judge differently than other people? Get your mercy right. Get your love right. Get, get your vision of who they are, not to you, to God. Amen? Everybody has value to God. Jesus died for everyone. Right? Now, I know everybody in here is thinking of somebody that they can't possibly think God loves. He does. As bad as you can make them, God loves them. Amen? So get your mercy right. And you'll be like Him. It says you'll be like Him. If you're going to be like Him, you're going to see like Him. Amen? That's what was different about Jesus. That's, what, that's why everything He did messed with the scribes and the Pharisees. Because He didn't see it like they saw it. He didn't see the law and the legalism and, and you got to do this and we tithe on everything we own and, and, and this is a publican and you, you sit with sinners. And, and the, He didn't see all that. He saw the love of... He saw people. And he, and he was moved with compassion and His desire was for them and, and, and He died for them. Amen? He was merciful. Verse 37 says, Judge not. That's like being an unjudge. And you shall not be judged. Think about what Solomon did. He didn't judge anything. He let the situation judge itself. Jesus didn't judge the woman. Fact is, he said, I don't condemn you. So he did not judge her. Right? In fact, is, he judged, he let all the people there judge themselves so that she didn't have to be judged. Everybody in that crowd judged themselves. It says they were convicted by their own conscience. Judged themselves, walked away. Judge not, and you'll not be judged. Condemn not, and you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. That's, you can add that back to verse 30, 36 where it says, and you'll be like your Father. Right? As your Father is merciful. As your Father judges not. As your Father condemns not. As your Father. As your Father. You'll see like Him. You'll be like Him. You'll begin to do the things He does. Skip down to verse 42. It's in the same part. Right? We're talking about judging. He says, either how can you say... Can we read that in NIV? So we can read it. How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye. You know, that's too many things we want to do. We want to say, Brother, we want to fix you. You know what? You're really messed up. What can I do to fix you? Because you are so messed up. You know, and you really... No. 
And that's what we want to do. And we don't want to look at anything else. And, and all this time, they're sitting there saying, man, you got black spots all over you. you got a big black spot right in the middle. Every time I move, I see a black spot. Why? Because there's a big beam in your eye and it's creating a black spot on him. <laughs> right? He says, brother, let me take the speck out of your eye. When, when, you've, when you fail to see, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye. What's he saying? Judge yourself first. Look at who you are. Look at who you were. Look at who Jesus saw when you got saved. Look at who, look, 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 look what, what God got stuck with when he got you. Huh? Glory to God. I'm thankful he got stuck with me. Yes, amen. amen? But look at what he got stuck with when he got stuck with you. And then, take that plank out of your eye. He's not saying don't help your brother, but he's saying you cannot be a help to your brother when you're busy judging them. Because if you're judging them, you should have been judging yourself. You can't be a help to them. But if you'll judge yourself and you'll get the, get the plank out of your eye, then all of a sudden, theirs don't look so bad. Right? Now it doesn't look that bad to you. Then you can see clearly to remove. It's, you're going to help your brother. This isn't talking about not helping him. This is talking about helping him. But how are we going to be a help? We've got to get past. You're a prostitute? Oh my gosh. You're having a baby out of wedlock? Oh my gosh. Let me sit down. I don't even know if I can listen to the rest of this story. What else has happened since you left? Oh... You drank and did drugs? Oh my gosh. And you smoked? Oh no. Lions and tigers and bears? Oh my. And we sit there and act like we've done none of it. And God's saying, wait, I remember you when I got you. You were this guy. Wait, Dave, you forgot. This was you. You were this guy, remember? Now you look like this guy. But you were this guy first. And I remember you. You remember you. Remember what Paul said. I'm the chiefest of sinners. But Christ died for people just like that. He didn't die for the unchiefest of sinners. He died for these people. Just like these people. And if we'll remember that we could have been or were this person, then we'll pull the speck out of our eye. Well, we've got a lot of world on the ground there. We'll pull the speck out of our own eye. And then we'll be able to love them. And we'll flatten them out. And we'll iron them. And we'll help them. And it won't hurt. Why? Because you'll do it in love. You'll do it remembering who you were. You'll do it remembering who they are. And you'll want them back. And you won't care where they've been. You'll hug them anyway. You know, who, you know what was the hardest thing for me to ever do? They said, oh, this kid's got lice. Come hug me. <laughs> kids don't want to hug like that. And they come to you and they got lice. They need love. They're dirty. They've been in the world. They've been with somebody they're not supposed to be. They've been drinking. They've been on drugs. They've been lying. They've been cheating. They're still worth everything God gave for them. Amen? And they're still your brother. Amen? And you can still help them. I don't care if they're in jail. I don't care if they've been in jail. And I don't care what they've been in jail for. If the Lord loves them, we love them. Amen? And He's given us that ability. And He said if we'll be merciful and, and, and show mercy, then we'll get mercy. And if, if we'll not judge, then we'll not be judged. But the good thing about that is if you'll, not, if you'll be merciful, you'll love them. It's, you, can't, you can't act merciful. It says be merciful. It doesn't say act merciful. It doesn't say 
Oh, I'm going to have mercy on you. Take a picture for the camera. We want this in the paper tomorrow. I'm having mercy on my brother. No, you be merciful. Why? Because you truly love and you truly care about who they are. You care that they're not thinking right. That, they're, that every, they may be thinking right two minutes and then two minutes later they're completely messed up and you don't say, forget it. You say, come here, you got that speck back in your eye. Come here, let me get that out. You keep loving them. You keep with them. You stay with them. You don't, you don't quit on them. You don't give up on them. They become... And you know what? If you don't get the speck out of your eye and you do fix them, how fixed will they be? Messed up people can't fix up messed up people. Right? If a messed up person fixes you, you're messed up. Why? <laughs> because they were messed up. I had a whole bunch of messed up people fix me, man. You go to the bar and they'd fix you all day. You know what you need, brother? You need six more beers and you'll be better. Why, why didn't that work? Because they were messed up. All they did was mess me up worse. They called me brother. Why well, Didn't it work? Glory to God. We got this love in us. We've got this grace in us. We have the mercy of God in us. We have the ability to love those who have gone away, to bring them back in, to, to, to nurture them, to, to whatever you have to do to trees to make them grow. I, I don't care. I don't want trees to grow. Actually, I do want trees to grow, no grass. But, but you, put, you put whatever, you know, what, what do we got to buy for the fertilizer? You fertilize them, right? You help them. You, you get under them. You get around them. You do the things that it takes to build them back up. If you don't see them in church, you don't just sit there and say, boy, I sure hope the church calls them. No, you call them. we got no telling how many members. We don't keep track. But you call them. It's not our job. It's our job. If you're missing somebody, don't call the church and say, where have they been? Call them! Amen? Somebody comes up on your heart. Don't call the church and say, you know, he's really been on my heart. Call them. They need to know. It's good to hear somebody say, we've been praying for you, brother. That's good to hear. You know, it used to scare me when my mom used to tell me that. I'd say, oh no, what am I doing wrong? What's getting ready to happen? Glory to God. He's helping us, isn't He? There are no throwaways in the body of Christ. Here's what God requires of us. And if we'll do this, we'll judge right all the time. We'll close with this. Micah 6, 8. This is how you learn to judge right. He showed you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, do right. To love mercy. You love mercy, you'll, judge, you'll be an unjudge. If you love mercy, you will be an unjudge. Why? Because you know the value. What You know what you got. You know you didn't get what you deserved, and you know you got what you didn't deserve. You know that this love and this mercy has gotten you to this place. And because of this, you're not going to let anybody else go away. Amen? You love mercy. If you love something, you not only get it, you want to show everybody else about it. Amen? Right? You don't keep it under, right? You love it. Right? When you love something, you shine it to the world. Amen? Right? Interestingly enough, after Jesus forgave the uh, woman caught in adultery, his very next scripture was, I am the light of the world. He who follows me doesn't walk in darkness, but he has the light of life. Interesting that he did not condemn the woman in adultery and then told him, I'm the light of the world. What's he saying? If you'll see the way I see, if you'll look through my light, if you'll follow me and do things the way I do them, you'll judge just the way I judged. Amen? Because that's what He does. He loved mercy.
Amen? He did justly, he loved mercy, and he walked humbly before God. Why does he walk humbly? Back to what Paul said. You can't think more highly of yourself. You're not going to help people from here down. You're going to help people from here out. Amen? Because, but for the grace of God, you'd be right where they are. We all have sinability. Right? Yeah. I've proved it. Anybody else here ever proved it? Good news is, by the grace of God, we have unsinability. I got all kinds of new words tonight. Amen. And we can do just this. We can walk. We can. We can do justly. We can love mercy, and we can walk humbly with the Lord our God. And as we do it, we'll pull back in those who are hurting. Those that have been, those that have gotten away, those that have gotten offended, those that believed a lie, amen. Maybe they heard some. Maybe they heard that I said something about them. It wasn't true. And if I did say it, forgive me. Right? We want them back. I want all of them back. Are we going to quit on anybody? Because if we won't quit on them, God ain't quitting on them. I'm expecting them back. We better get some seats ready for him, huh? We serve a good God. And He's never given up on you or me. And if He hadn't given up on me, for surely He ain't given up on no one else. Glory to God. Glory to God. Stand on your feet.